Hello, and thank you for listening to the MicroBinFi podcast. Here, we will be discussing topics in microbial bioinformatics. We hope that we can give you some insights, tips, and tricks along the way. There is so much information we all know from working in the field, but nobody writes it down. There is no manual, and it's assumed you'll pick it up. We hope to fill in a few of these gaps. My co-hosts are Dr. Nabil Ali Khan and Dr. Andrew Page. I am Dr. Lee Katz. Both Andrew and Nabil work in the Quadrum Institute in Norwich, UK, where they work on microbes in food and the impact on human health. I work at Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and am an adjunct member at the University of Georgia in the US. Hello and welcome to the MicroBinFi podcast. All three of us are here today, Nabil, Lee, and myself, Andrew. We're talking about Rory, actually. After our previous episode with installing dependencies, it struck me that actually a lot of the issues that people have and file on the Rory GitHub are things related to dependencies and dependency management and things like that. So we thought actually it might be a bit of fun just to go through the issues in a podcast and uh, see, can we guess just straight off what the problem is? Usually it's, it's pretty obvious to people who actually work in the area. So uh, yeah, we'll probably just dive straight into that. So the very first issue uh, we've got is we got a sequence without letters, could not guess alphabet. Now, the very first thing I see about this uh, bug report is that there's a lot of error messages telling you, please go and cite um, GNU Parallel. And they've ignored the message 62 times. Yeah, it's always good to cite other academic software. So now, lads, can you guess what the actual error is and what, what the underlying issue is here? I'm guessing the sequence that they fed it is not, it's an empty file or it's, it's not actually a nucleotide sequence that they've given the program. Bingo. Or they've given a GFF file with no actual assembly at the bottom. That is, that is annoying because I think if you download files off NCBI, there is a version of the GFF that doesn't have the sequence attached. Absolutely. And it is a big source confusion. Yeah. So always, if you're downloading, make sure that the sequence is actually down there at the bottom. This goes for both GemBank and GFFs. This person's really bashed their head against the wall too, because in the book report, it says you have run parallel 60 times. You've run parallel 61 times. You run parallel 62 times. Isn't it time you you run parallel citation once to silence the citation? (laughs) Okay, so uh, then the next issue is how to extract the sequence of core gene or accessory gene after running Rory. Anyone got any guesses? You can take that one, Lee. I've already got one point for the first one. Are we getting points? I'll do this. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I ran the Rory and wanted to extract the sequences of the core genes or accessory genes in order to annotate them. But I wonder how to extract the sequence of core gene or accessory gene. I'm a freshman in the field. Can you give me a hand? Okay, well, good for coming out here and, and asking. So do you have any ideas, Lee? Is this, is this just a question how to run Rory? Yeah, it's like literally read the documentation. Uh, I think there's a, a flag minus Z, if I recall correctly, which just gives you the information. So you, you, get, you know, when you run the, the command, it gives you some help text and you just got to run that command and read the help text. Yeah, my answer, yeah, my answer is going to be RTFM. Grand, we're, we're flying through these here now. <laughs> I'll give myself a half point for that. Okay, okay then uh, so... on, on to the next one. Uh, underscore clustered dot cluster file does not exist, cannot be read. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I'm okay. using the latest version, but I get this issue. Underscore clustered dot clstr file does not exist, cannot read. And the warning 
portal warning falling back to standard locale C. Okay, so standard locale C is a red herring. That's just that's just a, a system environment that isn't set up and it's just complaining. It looks like there is an underlying module that has not installed. I don't know what underscore clustered actually is though. Oh, I, I do. I think what has happened in this is one of the dependencies isn't there or maybe it's not in the, the current file path and that's it. So it's, it's gone and run something. It can't run a particular script, which is CD hit actually. And then it's fallen over. That's Those stack, problem. but I love the fact, I love the stack traces, which are totally worthless in explaining any of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't and know it's if my, that's my bad. My bad for not catching these errors, but a bit better. Yeah, I'd be. I would be as a as a person who edits files. I would just be going in there and finding out what's on line nineteen, what's on line three twenty five. Yeah. So I think I think Rory predates the 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 thing that you find the solution I see in say Torsten's programs, being Perl based, where he runs everything first, just to make sure it's all where it's supposed to be, and then it complains like, hey, wait, this isn't installed, or hey, wait, this module isn't there. Yeah, so it, it actually does do that because obviously I've encountered this error before, but it might be that the program is there, but it crashes when you run it. Okay. <laughs> that, yeah, the runtime errors like that are a bit more tricky. Okay, so now on to the next one. Slash open file something.gff proteome.fa. Well, that was pretty straightforward. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, it could be anything. It's like the file, like in what context? I mean, that's just it. It just says I've obtained this error, can't open this file. It's like, well, the file isn't there, probably. Yeah, oh, I don't okay, know. Okay, so, so actually, I, I feel bad laughing at it, but, but like what would... so. So to be more constructive, what would you tell this person? Like to run LS on this file or something first? I would say for filing a bug report, you need to actually provide some more information. So for example, how did you install the software? What are your inputs? You know, what are the input files? How can I reproduce this error? And at the moment I can't, I don't know, are you running in Windows or in Linux or on a Mac? You know, are you providing it with a tiny little, one tiny little GFF file? of an organism with one gene or you're providing, you know, with something three gigs worth, uh, you know, you know, there's so many variables that I don't have enough information as a developer to actually go in and identify what the issue is and fix it. And you haven't provided trace back, you know, like, so there's so much stuff that could be provided to actually give me an idea of what's going on, but isn't. I've come across people doing something like this to me and it's just like, it could be a miss, like the file completely isn't there or it's a sim link to something that's not there, or they're just in the wrong directory. Like it's there, but they didn't provide the right path. One they of, have to provide more. One of the nice things you can do in uh, GitHub now more recently is you can give it an issue template. So one of the difficulties, like GitHub doesn't help you with this because it just it just gives you like a text box. It says write whatever you want. And now they have a templating system where you can set it up and you can ask specific questions, like exactly the way Andrew's talking about. So if people want to try and fix that in their own repositories, like that's a thing you can can do to make it a bit easier. But the users do have to be a little bit more descriptive as well and think like other people aren't mind readers to just figure out what's going wrong. Okay. Yeah, well, this is fun. <laughs> the next issue, Rory and CD hit. So this is a person wanting to know how to remove redundant genes from the pan genome. Okay. okay. Well, you know, often pan, often uh, bacteria will contain multiple copies of the same gene. And the reason why it splits these out 
and why you might sometimes get the same gene repeated in a pan genome in a core genome is because there are multiple copies. And so what Rui does is it looks at the context that that gene is in. So it looks like five genes up and downstream in the assembly. And then uses this as like a fingerprint to split multiple copies into, you know, the context that they appear in. And so it actually does give you information. And I know some people don't like it when uh, you, you do this splitting because they end up then with the same gene multiple times within a core. But it is, inf- it is information, repeats to happen. You can turn it off with a, I think there's like a minus S flag. So they need to read the manual, but uh, there you go. Or TFM from you. I think some people coming into the space don't think about the concept of orthologs. What is an ortholog and what does, like in terms of evolution, like they're different. They are going to be different if it's inserted into a different location. They are separate things. Even if they are analogous, they're, they're not orthologous. They're different. They, they should be treated differently most of the time. And obviously Andrew's saying like you can override it. But most of the time, you do want to treat them separately. So the fact that you kind of want to just build a gene catalog of the sequences is like, okay, but why? What are you going to do with it? I'm not quite understanding what you're going, well, how that's useful. Okay, then on to the next one. Bio Rory, command line Rory, module not installed. And they've gone and run CPANM uh, to install Rory. So they, they've taken the brave way of installing Rory. That doesn't actually install any of the non-Perl dependencies. Maybe refer back to our previous episode for a discussion on this kind of stuff. And then there's a whole heap of output from uh, CPANM, which is a lot of output. My God, it's, it's what, about two, 300 lines of output? And it's like going and fetching stuff and some stuff installs, some stuff doesn't install and it fails with nondescript errors. And these are dependencies of dependencies of dependencies which are failing. And my God, this is uh, hellish. So guys, any idea what's going on here? I mean, the first thing I, I see right here is you have to like find where the first actual error is, but it's there. Installing the dependencies failed for bio seek feature generic. And if you've done this a little bit, we have, then that means that BioPerl failed. This person didn't install BioPerl. Yeah. Or it's trying to install BioPerl and it can't work. But if looking down at the other areas, you can see that other modules which aren't part of BioPerl are, are failing as well. And that to me says that underlying compilers or something like that are, or underlying libraries, system libraries are just not there. So it could be in like your Zlib um, is missing or your, you, you haven't got GCC installed because on a lot of systems, they don't install compilers by default. Actually, I see one more... This is a little bit of inside baseball here, but I see bio DB, DB fetch, some other things that are that are DB. I'll bet you Berkeley DB isn't installed on this computer and it needs to be installed. Or, oh, could be MySQL. Jesus, that'd be terrible, wouldn't it? Yes. Oh, no. It could be that too. There's, there isn't a database installed on this computer that's necessary. Like there's, there's something particular that isn't installed underneath. Absolutely, yeah. These kind of errors are just, uh, oh. They're, they're the worst because you actually have to physically like at the machine to try and debug it, you know, and read through logs. And I bet you, you know, it, it'll tell you somewhere in the log, something obscure, like, I don't know, GCC fail or something like that. Or, but uh, yeah, that, that's not an easy one for a non-professional to, uh, to fix. Although uh, a very helpful uh, person did try and answer. Uh, so thank you very much for contributing to the discourse. It's basically saying it's your Perl 5 lib. Well, 
that that is a common problem but not in this case i don't think and for any of you who don't know profilelib is like this magic variable you set which makes perl just kind of work or not yes so creating gene presence absence of novel query against existing data set ah okay so they've gone and done a huge analysis 3000 isolates and they want to add one more sorry here i look <laughs> <laughs> ouch <laughs> there's no n plus 1 in rory i guess no, it wow. is not. And it is actually something that I've known from the start I want to put in, but it's a huge amount of engineering work, you know, to, to do that N plus one. It sounds easy though, doesn't it? I don't know how you do it actually, because you have to cluster stuff with Rory and you need everything for clustering, don't you? You do, yeah. So it's chicken egg problem then. So you just can't back, make it backwards compatible. I know other people have gone and done it, you know, with clean implementations of, of pangenome stuff and, and it's worked because they've told about it from the beginning, but I didn't. So unfortunately, the only solution is if you want to add one more genome to your 3000, you have to rerun it from scratch. Oh, one more. Yeah. Install macOS Monterey M1 ARM64. I'm wondering if you plan to release a version of Rory on Bioconda that is compatible uh, with the newest Macs. As I, I, I may have mentioned before, I don't have one of these machines. I don't think you do, Nabil, either. Nope. Yeah, no, we're, we're too poor to, to be able to afford the, the latest shiny machines from, from Apple. So unfortunately, this isn't something that I could even consider um, trying to fix because it, it's still an obscure platform that only rich people can afford. <laughs> Why no core genes? I want to use Rory to get a nice phylogeny of mycosis-related bacteria. Indeed, they are nearly the same. All right. I've annotated them, but when I run it, Core genes zero, soft core genes zero, shell genes two, cloud genes 3,800. How is that possible? I know for certain genes like RPOB, they should be present. How can I only get, why do I only get zero? And any guesses why you'd have a, like a core of zero? Threshold? Are they, are they like changing it so that it has to be like an identical threshold? Well, one, one, one input sequence is probably garbage. It's more than one, I'd say. If you, it's 25 genomes, right? And you can see... There is what, 3,800 clustered and they're, they all seem to be in their own clusters. So yeah, so their, their bacteria probably have 120 genes. That's what it's saying to me, which is a very small bacteria. Yeah, that huh. doesn't, something's wrong. Something's yeah, wrong my with guess this. is their assemblies are completely and utterly average. Yeah, would ah. it be a would it how many would it take? Like, would you need one or three or four like for, for this to be that? kind of problem or is it just all of them are trash my guess is that most of them are garbage in fact all of them are garbage so then the assembly has fundamentally failed and they've i don't know if they've ended up with very small assemblies or maybe a lot of files are empty or something like that or maybe there are so many the, the contexts are so short you're not getting genes called very reliably yep i agree with that so we would if we were answering these directly, we'd tell them to at least run Quast on it or something. But at least they they have they have looked and evaluated themselves, and they do realize that this is not correct. You know, by rather than blindly taking it by looking at like the for the sixteen S and things like that. So fair play to them for for evaluating themselves and realizing there is a major issue here. Because even if you take a gram positive and a gram negative and you build a pan genome with those, you're going to get a, you know, a few hundred genes usually, you know, in common. 
Oh, yeah. And even if you take a random E. coli or a salmonella, you get like 2,000 genes in common. Isn't this like what they were doing with early genomics too? It's like they sequenced uh, mycoplasma and, uh, and an E. coli and they did like a big analysis of the core genome of bacteria like in the late 90s. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is our version of celebrities read mean tweets or something. <laughs> if you've seen that. So yeah. that's all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you for all the people who do contribute to, to GitHub issues. Hopefully people will find resolutions to their problems. And thank you very much. We'll see you another day. Thank you so much for listening to us at home. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the platform of your choice. Follow us on Twitter at microbinfi. And if you don't like this podcast, please don't do anything. This podcast was recorded by the Microbial Bioinformatics Group. The opinions expressed here are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of CDC or the Quadrum Institute.